Just know you're not alone Cause I'm gonna make this place your News Radio 840 WHAS. Good Sunday morning. Bob Sekolder, the Louisville Real Estate Show here with you to the top of the hour and a lot to get through. So we're going to jump right in with us. Chuck Crosby, the Crosby Law Offices at 499-6360. And Chuck, even on a Sunday morning, thank you for squeezing us in because I know you guys are running from one closing to another all the time. So thank you, sir. Also here, Brad Lawler, owner of Home Team Inspection Service. They do a phenomenal job. They're the number one home team inspection service in the country for six years in a row. And you can reach Brad and his team at 357-0813. Thank you, gentlemen, for both being here today. Thanks so much. One of the stories we are tracking, even as we speak, uh, is this uh, federal judge lifting the nationwide eviction ban. There's a lot going on, a lot of moving parts. Until it all pushes out, we're not going to touch it. Okay, guys? Sound okay? Moving forward, this is interesting. We finally have information data that we can look at and say, when is the best time to put your home on the market and sell? You ready? Adam Data Solutions has, oh, and by the way, I should point out my son Greg is off on vacation this week, so he's not with us. So I don't want him to think like we left him out. Adam Data Solution researchers analyzed 40.1 million home sales from the years 2011 to 2020. Home sellers on average saw a blank above estimated market value when selling in what month? The highest of any other month. Fill in those blanks. And I put some music in the background, but I won't. So what's the percentage in what month? What's the, in other words, what's the best time of the year to sell your home? What's the best month? Anybody? Take a shot. Everybody? Uh, I'll- I'll say 8% higher in May. Good. We are close. You got one right. May is correct. 13.4% higher. Now, as home stuff, isn't that amazing, though? And that's not this year, because this year is going to blow all years away. But as home sellers continue to enjoy an extended seller's market moving full steam ahead from the momentum gained over the past 10 years, the month of May is particularly poised to garner the greatest sale premiums. So if you're thinking when now, basically, is the time to do it. Uh, Did you, either of you two need to or have you refinanced over the past year when interest rates dropped down to... uh, a low of brilliant ever. I, I no. did. No, we refied pre-pandemic and it didn't get lower than what we had. Okay. So there was another, a lot of research uh, going into today's show. Homeowners are really regretting a lot of them. In fact, 36% of all homeowners who have a home regret not refinancing <clears throat> that home. Now I know that I'm thankful I did. I, Brad, you said you did. Chuck Yurick yeah. was lower, so it doesn't matter. We'll have uh, Randy Rocky from Swan on next week. We'll talk a little bit about what the difference is, how, when you should, when you shouldn't, and we'll look at what the interest rates are. They're really still hovering around three. So if you're four or above, it might be worth it to think about um, doing a refi. There are a lot of reasons that the folks who did not refi gave. Just some of them, and I found this this stat to be just crazy that. Uh, 10 or 11% didn't even know what their interest rates are. And that may be you listening right now. You don't know what your interest rate is. So this may be a call to action for all of you to think, okay, well, what's my interest rate? If it's maybe four or above, and I'm planning to stay in the house, uh, people move every three, five, seven years. 
maybe I should think about refinancing it. It's a bit of a pain because you got to gather a lot of information, but ultimately it's saving you money over the course of the loan. I'm actually in the process of doing that right now with my business condos, which I never even thought about. And I, and I'm like the, among the 11% who didn't even know what my interest rate was until I checked. And then I said, Ho, I need to refinance <laughs> and it's still time I could do it. So yeah, there you go. All right. So one more thing to a piece of news that uh, I found uh, that was just, it's, it's mind boggling folks. Uh, consider, if you own a home, consider yourself lucky. If you are thinking about building, listen carefully. And if you're renting, also listen carefully, or you know people who are going to do any of that. The average price of a board foot of lumber. Now, you, does everybody know what a board foot is? Brad, you're shaking Gen- your head. Yeah, Chuck, g- yeah. generally I do. But. So it's one board is 12 feet by 12 by one. Okay. Well, I guess one inch. Inches. Yeah. Yeah. So the average price for years, years, we're talking a thousand board feet of lumber traded basically in the 200 to $400 range. So that's what projections were. Okay. So now for a variety of reasons, um, it's well above a thousand dollars per board foot. So you could basically say anywhere from quadruple to what's six times or more, and it could get even higher. Uh, the new average single-family home takes about 16,000 board feet of lumber to construct. So you can just extrapolate that and know what that means in terms of dollar figures. And the concern for anybody who's listening who's thinking about building a house is what is it really going to cost? I was planning on building, and I'm holding right now to see what's going to happen with, with lumber. Uh, who knows? The futures market is where it's really crazy. So I don't deal in futures. Either of you two guys deal? No, either. No. Yeah. No. It, so these are, you know, they're, they're bidding on what it's going to cost and what they, they're, they're bidding on $1,400 per thousand board feet. And they may get wilder. The uh, actual physical prog- product, they're saying sawmills are selling boards before they're even cut. So now they're speculating on this. So keep tuned on this one. I'm not quite sure where it's going to end up, but for everybody who's listening uh, and thinking about building Go in with your eyes open. Make sure if you're signing a contract, there's no overrun or uh, anything that says mm-hmm. if the prices go up, your price of your home is going to go up. Uh, make sure you have a realtor and attorney if you need to look at that as well. If you want to see a rebroadcast of today's show, we actually are recording this on Zoom, and we take your questions via uh, email, bobatwesellouisville.com. I hear something beating. Somebody's phone's beating yeah. this early in the morning. So. Um, and then you can go to louisvilleanswers.com and that will, uh, get you a replay of what the show is recording. And also, if you want to hear about what people are saying about us, head to louisvillesellerstalk.com where you can read about them, go to louisvillezillow.com. All right. So I got a, a, a call this week and Chuck, I sent this gentleman to you. I'm not so sure you got the call, but I sent you an email on this. Okay. I, I thought this was a very interesting problem. Can you believe it? Even from their offices now, they're still, that's how busy they are on a Sunday morning. This is crazy. So um, this guy, we'll, we'll call him Chuck just for the heck of it. He, uh, he's built, he's been in this house for a while. Um, the neighbors behind him built a retaining wall a couple of months ago. And they put, as 
Brad, I suspect they're supposed to weep holes to keep the water pressure from backing up behind and really pushing the retaining wall, which I, I presume is pretty high, pushing it over onto Chuck's property, our yeah. guy's Chuck's property. Yes. But he, and this, so it just completed about a month ago. He says, when it rains now, the water from the weep holes pours onto his property, flooding his property and his HVAC. So he's now wondering what direction does he go? What does he do? Chuck, as an attorney, yeah. what would you suggest? Yeah. Yep. So the neighbor put in the retaining wall and in doing so changed the uh, normal yep. flow of the water to yep. Yep. your guy's damage. Yep. That sounds to me like a phone call to an attorney who does that kind of work. No, that would be um, litigation work, Chuck. Yeah, that'd be litigation. Yep. Um, fact of the matter is, if you do something to your property that causes damage to mine, there's going to be an issue. So, and that's the bigger picture, isn't it? It's yeah. if, some, if, if something is done. So what would the steps need to be taken for anybody? Because let's face it, we, got, we love our neighbors when they're doing nothing to us. But when they do something, it's time to maybe take action. So what do you do? Yeah. What do you say? Well, in this case, you got to find out what can be done. I don't know about uh, engineering or anything like that, whether or not it's possible to make the water flow in a different direction. If there's an easy fix, well, take the easy fix. Um, but uh, normally you find a baseline. What is it that needs to be done? You have to find a baseline as to what your damages are. So if the water flooded and, and destroyed a, an air conditioning unit, well, you've got damages there, but you got to figure out what it is before you start. You just can't go over and say, you're destroying my property. Um, well, how? How much? What are we talking? Uh, and then just start working it out. I always suggest the apple pie diplomacy. Find <laughs> out the problem. Find uh -huh. out what will fix it. Walk over next door and, and see if you all can be reasonable. If not, you call an attorney who sends out the letter and then things get ugly from there. Yeah, you, you can. You, there's no way to recoup that relationship with the neighbor. Yeah, after no, that by that time, once you get an attorney involved, I can't imagine. Okay. Uh, and, you know, I've seen some of these drainage issues. Uh, they can be. Uh, they can be pesky. If he were to go and he were to uh, do some self-help uh, and plug up those holes, they're thereby causing a problem. Yeah. Well, now you've got a countersuit. Yeah. Uh, so it, it's best to just find out what to do, how much it'll cost, and then go from there before anything is actually done. Got it. So, Brad, let's take it from your perspective as an inspector who knows a lot about homes and all. What would you suggest to this guy, Chuck, that we've named um, in terms of is there any remedy short of legal action that you could suggest? Well, as far as the 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 owner of the of the retaining wall, I mean, I, th I think there's probably corrections that can be made as far as how to divert water away from uh, the weep holes. I mean, there's there's corrugated pipes and French drains that can be added mm -hmm. there. But on his side, then, no, it really is a matter of grading and uh, drainage work that would be required on his side in order not to uh, flood his HVAC uh, compressor that's that's sitting out there. You know, and, and that, but that's that's an expense on that property owner versus the one who installed the uh, the wall there. Yeah. Because really, water's going to flow in the path of least resistance, which is exactly what uh, what you're seeing here. So it's clearly the grading's been changed and the water's now, you know, going back up against the house versus flowing somewhere else. Yep. So this continues. And folks, home ownership is spectacular until you have a problem. Then it's a question of what do you do? And that's why if you have a, a question, email me. Again, Bob at we sell Louisville.com. 
Well, don't call right now because <laughs> we're still on the air, but um, and we'll get it on the air for you uh, in the following week. So midweek of this past week, I got another call. This one, again, I'm going to be very vague about because I, I don't want to get these people. Uh, there's a builder involved and a developer. And so and the developer went out of business. So here's the thing. And Chuck, you may have gotten a call on this as well. Um, builds a house, finds out there's a drainage ditch in the back of the house that goes into some retaining pond, but it wasn't constructed properly. The pipe actually has broken a little bit, deflected, and now water is pouring onto this guy's yard. And he's trying to take action against the people who took over for the now defunct developer against him, and they're going very slow. Thoughts? Well, you know, that's you have to find out if there is anybody. I mean, if the developer's defunct and there's nobody that's taken his place, there's really nowhere to go. Um, however, there, there is somebody, somebody there is somebody who took his place. Yeah. yeah getting them to someone, move. Yeah. 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 Getting you have to go to them and, and make them do something. Um, I can imagine a case where, uh, you know, an HOA has taken over. But uh, there's usually somebody that uh, is responsible in, in that sort of work um you know other than that uh shoot uh get an attorney go after them uh and you know city uh depending on which uh you know municipal uh, area they're in uh, you know, there's probably some remedy there some practical remedy mm. um that you can go through because you know msd is uh exists to make the water flow in the right place and if just worst case scenario uh, the developer was defunct and there was nobody to go after. Well, now you've got a, a problem that, uh, you know, I'd take it up with MSD. All right. And that's something I didn't think of. So that's a yeah. good suggestion. And now, folks, if you've got a problem, again, Chuck, if he can't help you, he knows other people to, to do this. So as we go to a break, let me give you Chuck Crosby's number. It's a valuable number to have. 499-6360. Mind you, his mainstay is closings. He does a great job. He's entertaining. You walk out of there, you feel not only happy, but you're also, where did the hour go? And so I can't recommend anybody highly enough more than Chuck Crosby. Also, Brad Lawler, owner of Home Team Inspection Service. They're phenomenal. They did the inspections for myself and for Chuck and many other of our clients. You can reach Brad and his team at 357-0813. And when I'm not on the air, I answer my phone just about every minute of every day. So you can call me right after the show if you need me, 376-5483. And my son Greg is, again, on vacation this week, so we wish him hope he's having a good time. We're back in a moment on News Radio 840 WHAS. I'm Chuck Crosby, a real estate attorney here in Louisville with Crosby Law Offices. I've been practicing real estate law, fixing problems, and helping people for over 22 years. So if you're a buyer looking for advice, information, or professional closing services, call me. If you're a property owner, real estate professional, you have a problem, you just can't fix it, call me. If you're a landlord and you're having problems with your tenants, call me. Again, I'm Chuck Crosby with Crosby Law Offices. You can reach me at 499-6360. 499-6360. This has been a paid advertisement. Hi, I'm Brad Lawler with Home Team Inspection Service, Kentuckiana's largest inspection company and the number one home team inspection service in the nation. Our unique team approach makes us fast. Multiple inspectors means efficiency. 
Our teams of dedicated professionals, including many veterans, are trusted. We perform thousands of home inspections in Louisville and Southern Indiana each year. We're accurate. The team approach means multiple sets of eyes and overlapping duties. Fast, trusted, accurate. That's your home team advantage. In the real estate market, sellers and buyers have great expectations. And as a real estate agent, you take pride in fulfilling them. But some things are beyond your control. So what can you do? Choose Home Warranty of America's 13-month plans. HWA plans cover the home buyer against any breakdowns or repairs, keeping you and your clients safe from any covered claims. We offer comprehensive plans with competitive pricing, and our dedicated team will work with you every step of the way. To learn more, contact HWA today. Hi, I'm Barbara Corcoran. I'm constantly asked by news sources how to best navigate today's real estate market. I call the brightest agents in the business to get their input. Hi, Bob. What's going on in Louisville? Hi, Barbara. The Louisville real estate market is hotter than we've ever seen it. I'm so happy to hear that. With our exclusive marketing plan, we can get sellers top dollar right now. Get the best advice from my friend, Bob Sekoler. Go to WeSellLouisville.com. Be safe and smart. News Radio 840 WHAS, Bob Sekoler and the Louisville Real Estate Show. And we're on to the top of the hour. Lots of stuff still to go. Hopefully, you can sit back, relax, or if you're on the way to church or wherever it might be, we've got some interesting information for you that you may identify with. Brad Lawler, owner of Home Team Inspection Services, with us, 357-0813. Chuck Crosby, the Crosby Law Offices. And you can reach him uh, at uh, 499-6360. I'm Bob Sekoler. You reach me anytime on my cell phone, 376-5483, or send me an email, bob at com. So we were talking 11 signs that you might be saying now is the time to move. And we're going to go through these quickly, but gents, you might identify with these. The average person will move 11.4 times in his or her lifetime. That's pretty amazing. So these are the reasons. Your current home is too small. Your neighborhood isn't safe. Again, these are the reasons that people decide to move. Commuting has become a drag. You dream of being a homeowner, obviously, from renters. The stairs are killing you, obviously, from people who are getting up in years and do not like going up and down stairs. You hate yard work, which I think is the same thing. You hate yard work. The uh, bills are through the roof, especially if the home is getting older. Better schools are on the other side of town. Uh, You need to tighten your budget and you want to build your own home. So those are some of the main reasons that people decide to move. You may be among them. And if so, give me a call. We've got agents. We can list and sell your home. And again, that phone number is 376-5483. Arnold says he's looking to buy a house and there's one he likes. The disclosure says the roof is seven years old, but his agent says the roof is looking like it's a lot older. There's some missing shingles and edges. So the the seller's agent says, eh, maybe it's older, but the disclosure does not indicate that. So first of all, from a legal standpoint, in talking in general terms, Chuck, let's talk about the importance of filling out the disclosure to the best of your ability as yeah. the seller. Thoughts on that? <laughs> have to do it. Otherwise, you're going to be responsible for uh, making the difference. If I put on there, yeah, this is a seven-year-old roof, and it turns out to be a 15-year-old roof. Well, I've done some misrepresentation, which puts me securely on the hook for getting it uh, taken care of. Um, and you don't ever want to be in a position like that. So so let me stop you for a second. So 
understandably, uh, seven and 15, that's a big difference. But yeah. what if you don't remember the age of the roof? What if the roof is actually 15 years of age, but you say it's only 13 years of age? I don't know. Can you tell the difference? And is that a big problem for people? Um, well, it, I assume there's a point at which that will matter. There's a life of the roof. And if you say it's two years younger than the life of the roof, but or the life that it's supposed to have, and it's two years past it, that, that can be an issue. However, if you're just not sure, say so. There's no nothing blocking you from saying, yeah, I think it's 13. It's somewhere in that neck of the woods. I don't know for sure. It, it, that could, just from a realtor standpoint, that could devalue the price it of could. the home a bit. Because yeah, it shows if uncertainty. You, uh, yeah, yeah. If you say something with certainty and you find out there's problems with the roof afterwards, though, mm-hmm. and I can show that you told me it was 13 and you didn't put any hedge on it, yeah. and it's actually 15, yeah, that, that, I've, got a, I've got at least a toehold and maybe more. To so, get, so, yeah, you're getting a reduction. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. So, Chuck, the question that, that we uh, come upon all the time in the inspection side is, repairs were made seven years ago. Maybe a uh-huh. section was replaced because a right. tree limb fell on it. And so right. they'll call it a seven-year roof, but nah. the rest of the the rest of it's 15, 20. Or yeah. we have situations where there's an addition that maybe has a very low a low angle on it. And yeah. so the, the materials won't last as long. And so they may, even though they were installed at the very same time as the rest of the house, they look like they're significantly older because of the, the low slope. And, and you can't you can't really see, but right now there's the lawyer's salivation going on with the thought of someone not uh, clarifying that on on a sales disclosure. Because uh, clearly, if if part of the roof is 15, and you just mentioned, yeah, it's only seven uh, because it was repaired. Well, you're just wrong, mm-hmm. and probably should have known better. Yeah. So is the the more of the story there just to say the first install was 15 years ago, but a repair was made seven years ago for this section. section. So, and I should point out to all of our listeners that when you fill out the disclosure, there are a variety of questions that have been created by Mm -hmm. attorneys and I don't know who uh, that are somewhat, um, shall we say, uh, tricky to go through. Ambiguous. Ambiguous. But there is an area on the last page where you can write in comments about the issue that you right. may want to star and then put in uh, star next to the number and go uh, star roof and then explain seven years on one and 15 years on the other. Right. You, right? And that, that would hold up that you're not, you know, you might yeah. say, well, I'm giving too much information, but the truth is, Chuck and Brad, you can't. You, you can't. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So, Brad, back to this question for Arnold. So, the roof looks older than it says. Mm-hmm. Are there, and we've talked about this on a regular basis, but are there any tips or tricks? And maybe I shouldn't call them tips and tricks, but are there any signs that the average consumer can look at a roof and say, okay, there's a problem? It's not a, a, a seven year old roof. Yeah. So you mentioned several of them, Bob. You, missing missing tabs, missing shingles are a big one. Yeah. Shingles that are curling at the edges uh, are another big one. Any sort of fungal growth, mildew, algae that's that's growing on it, uh, moss. Uh, I mean, also look for a lot of the granulation down there at the bottom of the downspouts. If you've got a lot of the granules sitting down there, that, that roof is uh, going to have a lot more wear on it mm-hmm. than... Uh, 
than you need at that point in its in its life. It'll give you an indication of the uh, the age of it because really, you know, a lot of things go into this because if a roof, if a shingles replaced on top, you know, you have a second level of shingles on there. I mean, that next set's not going to last as long. Uh, the lower slope, uh, the lower angle roofs aren't going to last as long. They're going to age more quickly. Because so, water doesn't drain off them as well, quickly? Right. Well, because, because of the angle of the sun, uh, oh, okay. they, they bake a little bit differently. So they're just, they things don't flow off of them as fast. And so they just wear more quickly. So rather than maybe 30 years, maybe you got 25 years, depending on those slopes. The real high pitch ones may go even more than 30, depending on the materials. But the installation of the of the shingles is a big part of it, depending on, you know, whether they've torn it all the way down to the sheeting, they're putting new paper on it. You know, they've got a, a pristine kind of um, installation process, or if it was very haphazard, they go straight up and down versus working across on angles. I mean, there's, there's a lot of the installation that does it too. They, they overpower nails all the way through the shingles. There's a lot of things that can damage it when the roof is being installed. You really need to work with a roofer who installs roofs correctly. They're, not all roofers are created equally. Yeah, and we say that about realtors and attorneys as well. I guess everybody could yeah. say that. I got a call, and we'll make this quick because it's it's important, but I don't want to belabor this because we've talked about this before. Joe, had, I've been talking to a variety of people like Joe, who when I call, they we'd love to put your home put their home on the market, but they can't find the house that they want to move to. This past week, we were dangerously close to going below a thousand homes on the market. We were at about one thousand and ten at one point, and we're still hovering in that area. And this this just drives the economy. Buyers are going crazy. We put a home over in southern Indiana on the market on Tuesday. Uh, by the end of Wednesday, when it would it hit, uh, we had more than twenty showings and that was continue to keep going what my point is telling you all this is remember these words reverse contingency if you haven't heard it you're going to hear it is basically if you are the seller let's say chuck is selling his home but he can't find the next home uh, yet so we put his house on the market we find him a buyer Let's say Chuck puts his house on the market for 300000 He gets an offer for 310000 He takes that, but we counter back saying that Chuck will accept this offer, but it's the, there is a reverse contingency that says that the buyer will allow Chuck 10, 15, 30 days to find his next home. You plug in the number there. And then if he finds his next home, this is a legitimate contract. Uh, and I'm kind of glossing over this, but that's basically the imprints of it. And if it, he can't find his next home, then it becomes null and void. That gives Chuck some security that he won't have to sell until he finds his next home. Chuck, on a legal level, that's doable. Not a problem yeah. in your mind, right? Yeah. You all can agree to whatever you want to agree to. Yeah. As long so, as it's not an illegal agreement. I'm just saying... You might say, why would a buyer agree to that? Because that may be the only home that they yeah, like, and they'll yeah. take that as a way. And if they find something else, they can back out. Yep. They can put the, reserve the right to, uh, to, to kill the deal themselves. All right, one final question. Susie is selling her home, got a contract. Now the agent's telling that in addition to the seller closing costs, Susie has to pay the buyer closing costs. I see the problem right, right up, up front there, Chuck, that the agent should have told Susie up front that the yeah. the buyer's asking closing costs to be paid from them, correct? Yeah. If the contract doesn't say it, it doesn't exist. But the agent, maybe Susie didn't hear it. And that sometimes happens. The, the agent goes over it and they just goes one in one ear out the other. 
What I think this is interesting, if the contract says it, then the Susie as the seller has to live up to it. So it's important to read the contracts and go over with your agents. But here's the final thought for today. In this, this, this age, this crazy age that we're going through right now, we're seeing where buyers are not asking sellers to pay their closing costs. We're seeing, get a load of this folks, buyers saying they will pay the seller's closing costs if they accept their deal. Wow. That's yeah. how crazy this whole world has come. And I keep reading reports about, I, I read one and I won't get into it right now, $100,000 over asking price on the West Coast for a house. Waiting appraisals. Not, yeah, why would someone not list right now? <laughs> well, because they, don't, they can't find another house to, yeah, go, to go to. Yeah. Right. But again, listen to these final words today, reverse contingency. And if you have questions, if this interests you at all, call me, please. I'll explain. There's no obligation. There's no requirement that you work with us, but at least know about this as an option. Call me at 376-5483 or tell friends about it as well. Have them call me. All right. We're out of time. I thank, as always, Chuck Crosby, the Crosby Law Offices at 499-6360. Thank you for being here, Chuck, on a Sunday morning. Good to see you. Also, Brad Lawler, owner of Home Team Inspection Service, 844-411-TEAM is his main number 844411 team and as i told you you can reach me anytime 37654483 have a great week folks we'll see you next sunday right here on news radio 840 whas